From HR Wins, I'm George LaRock. You're listening to another HR Market Watch Future Work Podcast. Are you a people geek? If you are, you'll be excited about this episode. If you're not sure if you're one or just curious what exactly a people geek is, listen in. But fair warning, you might just find yourself declaring your people geekdom and meeting up with other self-declared people geeks after you hear this. CultureAmp just announced a new $40 million round of venture capital. I caught up with Didier Elzinga, the founder and CEO, and possibly the guy with the most interesting name in HR technology, right after the announcement. And we talked about all things CultureAmp. I had met Didier briefly several years ago, and I was truly looking forward to chatting with him, not just to find out about his funding and how he sees the future for CultureAmp, for culture, for feedback, HR, uh, and HR and talent professionals, but to talk to him about People Geeks. People Geeks is the name of the community that CultureAmp has built around the topic or the movement of putting culture first, and it's become a global phenomenon. After the last few years, I've watched tens of thousands of people-oriented professionals, non-HR and HR alike, declare themselves people geeks and join in the community to advance the topic and the profession. It's not a marketing gimmick. It's a true community born out of passion for this movement, and it creates the kind of love of brand that you can only build by bringing that kind of commitment and passion to the market. I talk to a lot of HR tech vendors that ask me what CultureAmp has done to get their traction in this category, the category being culture, engagement, and feedback. I think their most strategic asset they have is the people geek community. Most vendors say they're building community when what they're really doing is building an email list. Didier explains why people geeks really belongs to the geeks and not as much to CultureAmp. So we also dig into their funding round, of course, how the company earned it, uh, what the company's perspective is on growth. Now, This is such an important conversation for HR and talent leaders to hear. I've said a thousand times, in this age of cloud and SaaS computing, you're picking a partner, not just a product. You need to get to know the approach the vendor takes with their growth and support of their customers. Will they be there to scale with you? I mean, you need to get to know, well, their culture. This this interview gives you what I think is unique insights into CultureAmp as a business. If you're in HR or talent leader and thinking about employee experience, culture, feedback, people analytics, or engagement, you'll love this conversation. Didier Elzinga is CEO and founder of CultureAmp. CultureAmp helps you make your company a better place to work by making it easy to collect, understand, and act on employee feedback. Now, they enable HR leaders to make better decisions, demonstrate impact, and turn company culture into a competitive advantage. Um, Now, CultureAmp just announced a $40 million round of venture capital. That's really exciting news. And I've been, uh, I've known CultureAmp and I've been following them for a few years now. It's been really fun to watch them execute and deliver 
in a category where not many have been able to get the kind of traction that Culture Amp has. Um, so I thought it would be a great opportunity to check in and see where the company is headed now. So uh, DDA, uh, it's great to have you. Welcome. Thank you, George. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm looking forward to having a chat. Cool, cool. So is there anything, uh, you know, that you'd like to add to that description of CultureAmp or uh, any background information? Oh, I, I probably the only thing I'd add, which is often when I'm talking to prospective clients and VCs, I always have to tell people that before I started CultureAmp, I worked in film. And so I've, I've now long ago accepted that the fact that I worked on Harry Potter is much more interesting than anything I can do with <laughs> CultureAmp. <laughs> but I'm very happy to be in the culture space now and particularly seeing all of the things going on in the film world. Well, that's a, that is, that is really cool. And uh, how many people have asked you uh, if you've met JK Rowling? Is that because I mean, you worked on the Harry Potter films, right? Yes. Although, you know, what we were doing was computer generated imagery. So we were as far away from the talent as you could get. Okay. Okay. There you go. Um, well, still very cool. Still very cool. So um, now before, th there are two things that, uh, two conversations that I tend to have with uh, the marketplace. And one is about uh, funding and what that means. And I, I track all of the venture capital. But the other is about, uh, you know, the future of human resources and how the, uh, the, the, the role and the profession are changing based on all of the, all of the change in the market all of, and, and how technology is impacting that. So that's where we'll go today. But um, starting with the funding, um, you know, before we go there, though, um, I wanted to check in on, on your People Geek community. Um, it's really clear. I mentioned all the traction and success that you're having, but I've been really um, particularly impressed because of my background with the community you've built around company culture as a topic and your company, Culture Amp, called People Geeks. T tell us about it. Where, where'd you get the idea? Um, you know, how big is it now? And what, what does Culture Amp get out of it? Yeah, so I mean, thank you for asking the question. The, the People Geek community is something we're both very proud of and something that I think is a big part of what CultureAmp is. In terms of why, I think since the beginning, and, and maybe part of this comes from starting a company in Australia and, and knowing that you're going to have to in, involve people all over the world, it was almost an element of faith from myself and the other founders and, and every, all the early employees at CultureAmp that we wanted to build something that was bigger than just us. We wanted to be part of a movement. We wanted to bring together a group of people that cared about the problem that we had. Like one of the things that you learn in startup world is fall in love with the problem, not the solution. And so okay. from the beginning, we had that goal, you know, that desire to, to build a community. And I have to say one of my, it still amazes me, but also I'm very humbled by the fact that, you know, some crazy Australians can get on a plane, fly to New York or San Francisco or London, have an event and just have all these amazing people come and talk to each other, but that they hadn't had that opportunity before that they hadn't got together. And it's a very short, funny story. The name itself, people geek actually came from back 2013, which is when I think I first met you, George, um, when we got picked for the awesome new technology. So uh, Bill Cunix oh, okay. program at HR tech, we were about four months old on the product and we had this opportunity to go on stage and pitch the very early version of culture. Amp. And so if you're going to a conference, you have to have a t-shirt. 
you know, we all had to wear a matching t-shirt and so we <laughs> frantically tried to create these t-shirts and we were throwing ideas around and somebody came up with the idea of people geek. And at the time, none of us thought it was that great, but it was the best idea we had. And so we made these t-shirts and we started wearing them and started giving them to people. And we went to one of the companies that was a client of ours and we turned up and they were wearing a people geek t-shirt, Wow! but it wasn't one of ours. They'd created their own. And, <laughs> At the point when your customers or prospective customers start making t-shirts with your slogan on them, you don't change the slogan. Right, <laughs> right. That was when People Geeks was born. <laughs> and that's a great story. That's a great story. And you know, the um, I love how you fell into the name of it. That's that's terrific. And now, but it's not easy to build a community. I, I think um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm certain just having watched it that you've had a lot of organic success here. But um, you know, I talked to a lot of vendors who. Um, envy uh, your community, and I tell them, you know, I, you know, I've, I haven't been a part of building that community, but I've been a part of others. And you've got to really stick with it. You've you've got to be committed to it. Um, I mean, has that been your experience? I mean, it's something that it it takes a, a lot of consistency, and people need to really, in order to to count on that community being there, they've got to see that you're committed to it. Absolutely. I mean, the community that we have, and I think we have north of 45,000 people a week read our people geekly. We had 900 people turn up for two days at our Culture First event in San Francisco a few weeks ago. That's today. That's five years of not just one person, but every person in the company being committed to that community. And I've had people come up to me as well and say, hey, that community thing's really smart. I've got a startup. Can you give me any advice? And the advice I would give them is that that strategy will, will only work if everyone in the company wants to be part of that community. So every person at Coltrane wants to be a people geek. And when we run an event, the lawyer will be on the door. The engineer will be helping serve drinks. Like it only works because our entire company turns up. You can't just have a team or 10% of your company and say, go build a community. Right. Um, it's, right. it's been five years of every person at Culture Amp, and we're 230 people now. And pretty much every single person at this company will go to people geek events as a card carrying people geek. And that's why it works. Yeah. 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 That, there, that, that's, that's some sage advice um, because it's not just a marketing campaign. It's not just a, an email campaign um, that grew into an, a, an event. Um, that's, 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 uh, I, you know, I, I hope uh, those vendors are taking that advice. So, uh, let's keep moving along um, on the funding. You know, uh, congratulations again on uh, this funding. You know, we we always uh, talk about rounds of funding being validating and jump right to what are you going to do with it, and we'll we'll talk about that. But I think let's let's pause on the validation part, um, and I'd love for you to share. You know, what are some of the milestones or the successes? that got you to this validation? You know, why did the investors, uh, uh, why do you think the investors wanted to uh, double down with, with 40 million uh, for CultureAmp? Mm. Yeah, and I, I think I've, I've used this at the word validating before too. And I think there is, there's two different pieces. So one is traction, and you talked about that in the opening as well. Uh, we've been fortunate enough to continue to solve a problem for more and more companies. So we work with over 1,500 companies now, and those organizations spread an in incredible gamut, both geographically, but also size, industry, and everything. So I think that's one of the big things, is 
early days, we did a lot of work with fast growth tech companies. But if you're going to build a real long-term business, you have to be able to help businesses of all shapes and sizes. So over the last couple of years, us continuing to grow and develop and, and win those clients has been hugely important in terms of that story. Mm-hmm. The, the second part of it is, so, you know, there's revenue, there's the number of customers, there's your unit economics, there's all the things that VCs care about. As you get up to the point where we're at and the sort of size that we're at now, a lot of the conversations that I'm having today that maybe I wasn't having a year ago with VCs is that their biggest question is size of market. You know, they're saying, well, you obviously have a good business. You obviously have product market fit. Your customers love you. If we're going to put $40 million into the company, we need to know that the market you're in can be big enough. Okay. And that's a fascinating conversation. And I'm sure it's one that I know you have with a lot of people too, because not everybody's convinced that the HR HR market is. Um, And I find that fascinating because I think about it I think in some ways the opportunity in this space is so huge that people can't really see it because it's right up in front of them. I mean, if you think about every company that employs people has a people and culture thing that they have to deal with. And I think we're at this fascinating time right now where everybody is trying to figure out what that looks like because it's not going to figure it's not going to look like what it did in the nineties when we had the talent suite wars, right? This is a different playbook and nobody quite knows what it's going to look like. And I think the reason that we were able to raise $40 million is that there are people out there that are excited by that and think we have a good shot at helping write the story. Well, that's, that's a really good point. And uh, now I, I can say that when I've in the field, when I've bumped into uh, a customer of yours, it's more than I've heard more than one story um, about culture amp um, being, you know, entering an organization um, not through HR, but it ends up, you know, being principally owned by people operations or HR. But I think there's, there's a part of that, that where you've, you've made uh, culture uh, understandable, maybe accessible um, to the business. So yes, it's an HR function or uh, they're, you know, the, the principal stewards of, of culture and feedback and engagement, but it's something that um, resonates with the business outside of HR as much as it does within HR. And that's, uh, that's part, I think, part of the challenge. The HR tech is starting to look more like a B2B segment, but it's always been a little bit off to the side. And, mm-hmm. and you're in this space that's, a, I think, a, a, probably resonates with investors uh, more as it does with, uh, you know, COOs, uh, as well as CHROs. Does that, th- does that set ring true to you at all? It, it does. And actually one of the words you just used there is pretty much the mission for us as a company and why I started culture. And that word is accessibility. Okay. So I was talking to a, a large company last night that we're pitching for, and I was referencing an article that I'd written back, read back in 1999, um, about, the future of work and self-organizing teams and all these things. Part of the reason I started Culture Amp was because I saw this world of incredible innovation in management science, in IO psychology, in behavioral science, and all of these ideas about how to help people succeed at work and how to build better organizations and how to drive successful change. And I looked around and I saw almost all of that being delivered by consultants to Fortune 100 companies. Right. And it wasn't delivering on the promise. And so for me, starting Culture Amp was around 
can we use technology to make these ideas accessible? Can we put these into the hands of more companies, but just as importantly, more people inside those companies? And we're not anti-HR, like we've, we have a massively passionate, largely HR people geek community. So we love working with HR. And we see our opportunities to help them bring the data in house, and then to help them take the organization on a journey where these ideas on how to build a successful company and how to drive successful change are put into the hands of everybody. Because culture is not HR's problem. Culture is everybody's problem. Right, right. Yeah, I, I agree. That's, uh, that's great to hear. So um, moving along, um, I, I could spend all day just on that topic. But, <laughs> I can't uh, uh, but let's uh, let's let's keep moving along for uh, for everyone. Um, now, so you've got this forty million dollars of, of funding, and I know that uh, you know the announcement just went out, and uh, it sounds new to everybody. I know you've been working on it for a long time, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, I'm assuming there are some high level goals uh, for CultureAmp that the funding is going to help you achieve. So. You know, without tipping your hand, um, you know, can you share some of what we can expect to see from CultureAmp uh, uh, moving forward? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a simple level, obviously, is to keep up with demand. So there is this shift. Companies want to do this and we want to help them. And so part of this is just allowing us to continue to grow along with that. I think the, the bigger and probably more interesting thing for your listeners is we're seeing this shift from collection to understanding, to action. And the value that we can help organizations create is not just in being able to listen to what their employees are saying, not just about being able to decipher that and analyze it and understand it, but it's actually when we can get them to act, that's the real opportunity. So we're investing a lot in the product roadmap and continuing on that journey across our platform. We talk about it in terms of collective intelligence and the action framework, but at its core it is, how do you help every person in the company know what to do and then do something about it and then turn that into a continuous learning loop. And so our forward platform is very much around continuing to invest in the fact that we're able to pull all of these ideas from this incredible community and share that learning across the whole thing. And so that's what we, that's what we're investing in on the product side, on the data science side, um, on the people science side. And where we're wanting that to go is a lot of our customers came to us, originally over the last couple of years because essentially they wanted to measure and improve employee engagement. And I think as the whole space is starting to really think about, well, what are we actually trying to do? Longer term, we really want to be a fully fledged, you know, organization development platform. We want to be a place where we help organizations drive successful organizational change and performance. And that comes from a lot of different places. And that's, that's what we're using this money to invest in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that sounds really cool. I, I, I think that must be, you know, driven by a lot of the changes that you're seeing your customers experience. So uh, that other theme that I talk about a lot is, you know, um, yeah, I'm a, you know, your your road your product roadmap. I'm sure maps to uh, where your customers are headed. How 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 are you seeing HR change? And and are they are they asking you? Are your customers asking you? for uh, for any features or anything new based on, you know, those those changes, the change that they're experiencing? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think, you know, we're learning a lot about this too. We're learning from our customers. We're learning from, you know, people like yourself in the space. And I just think it's such a great time to be in HR because the future's to be written. 
we don't, we're still trying to work out what the stack should look like. We're still trying to work out, you know, do we have a system of record and a system of engagement? How do we map those two things together? How do we better use the data we have? And in some ways, people have accused HR of maybe not being as data literate as some of the other areas, like say sales or finance. But in some ways, that's actually a blessing because we're coming at this new with fresh eyes. And what I think we're seeing is that on the people science side and the people analytics side, we are seeing some of the most innovative approaches on how to use data in running an organization happening in HR. So, you know, I don't have all the answers. I'm actually, you know, waking up every morning thinking deeply about what does the future of HR tech look like? Because it's not going to look like what it did 10 years ago. And I don't think anybody knows. We don't. None of our competitors do. <laughs> We're all figuring it out as we go along. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, HR is figuring it out as well, right? We're all in this together. And I, I really appreciate that honesty. Um, now I, I've got to imagine. Um, so while uh, that change that you talked about in, you know, coming at this with new eyes. So I haven't been to one of your events, but um, you know, when I'm at an event, uh, a, a vendor event, a, a vendor in a different category of HR that's come up around the same time that you have, um, you know, I'm, I'm meeting HR people that, you know, what I tell everyone is take your assumptions about HR and, and throw them away because I'm, I'm meeting people that are, you know, it's, it's the people that were in HR 10 years ago are 10 years older and people have had a full career in HR since that time now. And so there's a lot of new blood. There are a lot of leaders uh, emerging that are um, not technology averse and they're, they're um, you know, they're digitally native and they understand what data can do for them. Um, and that's what the leaders of HR, the, the Gen X and millennial and, and up and coming leaders, uh, that's what they look like. They, they don't look like old school compliance drivers, right? Is, is that what you're seeing? That's what I see. I, absolutely. And I, I won't name the company, but I'll, I'll just share the story. I was, there's a particular CEO that I know who I admire greatly. And I was talking to somebody that worked in that organization, just saying how much I admired that CEO. And they said to me, yes, he's amazing. But actually the person that changed him to be that amazing was our CHRO. Huh. She was the person that made him the CEO that you admire. That is phenomenal. Yeah. And that's what I think we're starting to see, which people are turning around and going, if people and culture matters, if you know, culture is what delivers to the customer and customer is what delivers the financial results, we need our CHROs and our chief people officers to be some of the most brilliant people in the company. And to your point, I think some of them actually are. It's fantastic. Yeah. And, and how do you see the tech driving or enabling that change? Do you, do you see that happening right now? Is, is, is that... Uh, I think we're, we're getting there. I mean, I think, you know, HR is not immune of what goes on in everyone else. There's a lot of hype. There's a lot of AI applied to everything. And when you peel back the surface, you're like, you know, an email reminder is not a nudge framework. And, <laughs> you know, a case statement is not machine learning. Um, there, there's a lot of stuff that's purporting to be more than it is. And I think particularly in HR, there's a lot of ethical questions for us to ask ourselves. We're trying to apply statistical learning to things that, boil down to an individual and not everybody knows how to bridge that gap. So I think the technology is enabling us to do lots of things we've never done before. And the big challenge and conversation now is 
how do we do those things right? How do we, you know, treasure the people and how do we make sure that the experience we're creating is additive to people, not one that's dehumanizing? Because there's always a concern when you're using technology that that's what's going to end up happening. Right, right. Yeah, that's, um, that's refreshing. I really, I really appreciate the, uh, uh, the approach that you, you've had on, on all of the, the buzzwords here. <laughs> yeah, I, we hear so, so much of that. And, um, you know, that's, that's really great that, you know, the, the honesty here about uh, learning with your customers and also, you know, uh, solving the problem first and um, using the right technology. And that may be AI or that may be machine learning, but um, that's the, um, that's, that comes after the, the solution. Um, it's, it's not the primary driver. So um, with you. Yeah. So we've been, we've been talking for a while. I, uh, you know, I, we've covered a lot of ground. I appreciate your moving quickly with me. Um, but I want to give you some last words. Uh, how can people become a people geek? Uh, where can they find culture amp? Any, anything you'd like to share in that regard? Of course. So, uh, obviously, you know, cultureamp.com is where you can go if you want to see the product or talk to anybody from cultureamp and hear more about our journey. Uh, peoplegeeks.com is actually the entry point to that community. So you can sign up there and see what's going on. I think we ran 120 events last year in 23 cities around the world. So wow. our wow. goal is to connect with people where they are, uh, you know, sign up for the people geekly, um, be part of that community and join other people like you. You know, for me, that's the thing. Like, I don't need everyone in that community to be a customer. I just need everybody in that community to want to roll the sleeves up and, and help us put culture first because that's what this is all about. That's great. That's great. Well, I want to thank you for uh, coming onto the podcast. Uh, this has been a real treat. I enjoyed this and I hope we get to chat again. Thank you, George. I really appreciate the chance to, to talk to you about this on this particular day. All right. Take care. Cheers. I want to thank my guest, DDA Elzinga, once again for his honest thoughts about Culture Amp and about the market. And I'd just like to remind you that if you're doing something interesting in HR or HR technology, whether you're on the employer side or whether you're a tech vendor, I would love to have you on as my guest on HR Market Watch. How do we do that? Just shoot me an email at hrmw, that's hrm like market, w like watch, at hrwins.com. And we'll start the conversation there. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Talk to you next time.